Mark 1.35 reads, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, that's Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Hello and welcome again to Think This Way. My name is Bryce Beal, and I have with me Andrew Walden. Andrew, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We're glad you're here because we are concluding the first quarter of our podcast. This quarter, we've been focused on the Bible. And next quarter, we are going to be focused for 13 episodes on God himself, which that's my favorite subject. I am very much looking forward to that. But as we finish up today, it just seemed that this quarter would not be complete if we didn't talk about this very practical subject, the Bible and your quiet time. Someone could say... I don't really have a set-apart quiet time. I think about God while I'm driving. I pray. I remember verses. I talk about Bible verses with people. I talk with my kids about God. But I don't have a lot of time. So I don't have a specific time set aside to read the Bible and pray. Do I really need a quiet time? I am not going to answer that because we have our brother, Andrew, with us. And I'm going to throw this question over to you, Andrew. What would you say, what do you think, should every Christian have a specific time set apart for Bible reading and prayer, what we call quiet time, and if so, why? I think absolutely you should. Uh, There's two things that popped into my mind whenever I saw this originally. The first one was a Spurgeon quote, which was, uh, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone that isn't. So our quiet time is that time that allows us to be grounded to be uh, fully aware of who we are as a believer before we even start our day. Uh, Your quiet time doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning. However, uh, just having that time that you know is set apart to study the Word just helps you in your day-to-day life. The other thing that I thought of is I I have four kids. I think about them constantly as I'm driving around, as I'm sitting at my desk at work. When I'm in the church, everything. It's uh, My mind is constantly on my children, which is kind of like what you're saying here. However, if whenever I go home for the end of the day, if I don't spend intentional time with my children, then I'm not going to actually know my children. They all have their distinct personalities. They all have their things that they love doing through the day and all that kind of stuff. And if I don't sit down and actually have that very intentional time with them, then I'm not going to know them. There was uh, two verses that I thought of that kind of helped me understand why we need this quiet time. The first one was Joshua 1.8. It says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may know, or so that you may be careful to do according to what is written in it. So we have to know the word to know what we need to do and how we need to live our lives, what we need to know about God. And the second one was Second Timothy. We see in Second Timothy that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we see there Paul telling Timothy that we're, we're incomplete without our understanding of the Word. And the only way that we truly know the Word is if we have that time to sit down and get into the Word and study it more fully. All right, then I will do it, Andrew. If you insist, it shall be done. You've convinced me. Hopefully you've convinced some other people who are listening right now. And I do think how you presented that was well, even the example with your children, because like you said, you're thinking about your children throughout the day, and then you come home and have intentional time with them. So it's not either or, and we're not encouraging people either to meditate on the word during the day 
or to have a specific quiet time. We're saying in our context today, for a healthy Christian life, you're probably going to need both. So you're going to need some specific intentional time in the Word and prayer where you're not distracted and you're focused on communing with the Lord. And then that should bleed over into the rest of your day when you stand up, sit down, walk by the way. Just like in a marriage would be similar. You know, you could say to your wife or husband, you could say to your wife, we're raising kids. I see you all the time. You know, we're together every evening. Isn't that enough for you? And a good wife will say, um, honey, no. (laughs) She also wants some intentional time, a date night or some quality time. I think your quiet time is quality time that you spend with the Lord. Now, as to what should a quiet time look like, although we're adamant that you should be doing this in some way, there is a lot of freedom about how this is going to look. Here's Galatians 5.13. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. That was in the discussion of justification by faith. You can go study Galatians, maybe as your quiet time, and see that. But I think there's a principle there for our quiet time. You are called to freedom. So if you say, I want to have a quiet time, when should I do it? How long should I do it? What should it look like? There is a freedom there. It doesn't have to look the same as everyone else's. But the key thing is, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Probably don't be on an easy boy reclining with chips and a soda and your Bible over there you're kind of peeking at. So there are some wisdom principles here for five minutes or something like that. There are some wisdom principles here, but there is a lot of freedom. So let's dig into that. Mark 135 is what I mentioned earlier in this podcast. It was Jesus. It says, rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed went out to a desolate place. Jesus always communed with the Father, but even for him, he goes to a desolate place. Why? Because it's quiet. A quiet time, you see? And there he prayed. So if we begin with the question, when? You want to have a quiet time, when should you do it? Like we said, there's freedom. There is not a clear biblical command on the when of getting in the word and prayer Someone might quote Psalm 63.1 if they have the good King James Version. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. And of course, in Mark 135, Jesus rising very early in the morning. I remember hearing someone, and I want to say it's Robert Murray McShane, but I don't remember exactly, just noting in their journal that the fact that Jesus rose early on the third day suggested we should get in the word early. (laughs) As creative as that is. I don't think it suggests that. So there's no clear biblical command. Actually, Psalm 63.1 in more modern translations like the ESV, O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. Because that Hebrew word for early, shahar, it is related to the word for dawn and thus early, but it's metaphorical. Really, it means earnestly. So you should seek the Lord earnestly. Do you have to seek him early in your quiet time? Maybe, maybe not. Christianity actually has just two concrete external sorts of commands. Most everything's going for the heart. But those two concrete external commands we call ordinances. They are baptism, which happens by immersing a person in water. So that's concrete and external. And then number two is the Lord's table. We take bread and drink. 
So that's very concrete. But beyond that, Christianity does not have a lot of these concrete external rituals, partly because it's a missionary system of belief meant to go to all parts of the globe. So if God had given one specific command, it has to be 4 a.m. when Jeremy got up this morning and woke up Andrew on Saturday. That's when it has to be. How many people would live in a maybe a misery of trying to obey that command? But see, see everyone, isn't God good? He didn't give that command. There is a freedom. Probably getting in the Word in the morning is a good idea for most people because you're undistracted. That way you won't forget to do it. But if someone's more awake in the afternoon and evening and can be consistent with it, hey, you've got freedom. Have your quiet time then. Someone might then ask, okay, I'm going to do it, let's say, in the morning when I get up. Then you're wondering, how long do I need to do this? Let me repeat. There is no clear biblical command. You might think about Mark 14, 37 in the Garden of Gethsemane where Peter falls asleep during Jesus' trial there. And Jesus says to him, could you not watch one hour, meaning pray one hour? And I don't know about you, Andrew, but that's always convicted me (laughs) because my answer is often like, no, not really, not usually. One hour of prayer. We sing that sometimes, sweet hour of prayer. That to me is more a goal. I'm not there yet. That is a goal I'm aiming at. So how long do you need to be in the word and prayer in your quiet time? Again, there's not a clear biblical command. Uh, I think again about Jesus himself. So he did, in Mark chapter 1, get up very early. It's still dark. He goes out. He prays. But then the very next morning, Simon and those who are with him, they look for him. They find him. They say, everyone's looking for them. He says, time to go out to the next towns. In other words, he didn't have some very clear, specific, this is how long I have to pray, so Peter, don't interrupt me. But he gets interrupted and says, let's move on to the next towns. Last question is, okay, I'm going to do it in the morning. Maybe you decide I'm going to do it at 6 a.m. I'm going to do it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever time I have. What am I going to do? at 6 a.m. for 20 minutes. And so I thought I would just ask you, Andrew, to start here. How do you get in the Word? So my time in the Word, um, I've had to adapt it a few times. The last job that I had, I was up, I had to be at work around 4 o'clock. So getting up at 3 did not sound appealing to go and do my quiet time and actually stay awake during it. So my quiet time now looks like this. I usually wake up pretty early. And the reason I do that is because I wake up before my kids. So I'll go downstairs. Uh, Tommy Nelson had a great quote of the first thing he does when he gets into the word is he gets himself a cup of addictive substance, talking about coffee. Mm -hmm. So I usually brew a coffee. And I I allow myself to have that time of brewing a coffee to check my emails from work and do everything that I think will distract me. That time of just brewing the coffee is enough time to do all that. And I'll usually try to leave my phone in my kitchen, and then I'll go to our office, and I'll sit down and start reading. Uh, I'm the type that I love having a consistency, so I like doing just a book. I don't usually do like topical. Topical's great. I don't usually do like character studies or something like that. Those are all great. They just don't stick with me. And so I'll do a book of the Bible. I'll just choose a book and I'll just go through it from start to finish. 
And what I do is I look for specific things. So I'll usually have four markers with me and I'll underline anything that has to do with an attribute of God. And then I'll look for anything that has to do with how I should be using or dealing with my money. I'll look for anything that has to do with my family and I'll look for anything that's just like a general note and I'll have specific colors that coordinate with those things. That gives me a specific thing that I'm looking for, but it also allows me to make sure that I'm not just reading and glossing over the, the, the text. I'm actually diving into it, meditating on it. Sometimes those things won't be in there. Um, but sometimes they will be, but not as upfront. So knowing that you have to look deeper into the text, and once you find it, it's kind of like a scavenger hunt. You get to underline something. But on top of that, if you use the same Bible every time, you now have a a quick reference. When you're flipping through and you see something, you're, you're counseling with somebody or talking with somebody about your family, you can flip through and see, oh, there, there's a blue thing. That let, Let's see what this says about our family. Um, so that, that's usually what my quiet time looks like that's a great living example of what a quiet time can look like and again there is a lot of freedom so do what you want to do find what's going to work for you i like how you said you've adjusted (laughs) most people have to do that as the seasons of life change actually for me right now i'm a morning person so i've always had my quiet time first thing in the morning and i hope to get back there in this season of life with four kids four and under Anytime four o'clock on, you know, anything could happen (laughs) and anything does happen. And so trying to have my quiet time in the morning, I just find it's continually interrupted. And so actually at this point, I try to get some reading and other studies done early in the morning, things that can be interrupted without it being much of a problem. And then I take the kids to the gym and then I come back and it's really around 10 o'clock that I'm getting in the word. So I'm in my right mind, clothed and in my right mind, with coffee, always, and then I'm getting in the Word. So that was probably good for me, because I'm a pretty hard liner. I'd be like, no, first thing in the morning, but it's just not reasonable right now. So again, there's freedom here. Just get in the Word. If you're not sure, again, what to do, Andrew's given you an example that you can do. There are a lot of other ones. Uh, One easy rule of thumb, if you're trying to decide, is you might want to think about, I sometimes think of the ratio one, two, the number two, one. You don't have to do it this way, but if you're not sure what to do, this is an easy ratio. You can adapt it to any amount of time you have. So let's say you just have 20 minutes in the morning. Get up. You got 20 minutes. There you are. You got your coffee. I think of the ratio one, two, one. So break that 20 minutes into four parts approximately. This isn't a hard and fast rule. That'd be five-minute parts. And I like to dedicate that first five minutes to Bible reading. So maybe read a whole chapter. That way you're getting, you know, a good span in one book or reading straight through the Bible, whatever it is. Spend five minutes. It's enough for about a chapter. Then two parts of that time will be 10 minutes. Spend that time studying. So that might be when you break out your highlighters, you're you're maybe journaling, you're doing whatever's helping you to study. If you don't have something specific to study, you could just pull out the verse that stands out to you in your Bible reading. Just take that one verse, two verses, and just meditate on them, mark them, journal about them, study them. Maybe grab a commentary if you got one. If not, that's okay. And then I take that last one, that last piece, which is five minutes, and I like to take the passage and turn it into prayer, and then pray for anything that's concerning you today. 
So if you got two hours, you can break that into half hour, hour, half hour. You got one hour, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 50 minutes. Anyways, look, you don't have to do this. If that's complicated math, ignore it. Doesn't matter. The key thing is you need to have a quiet time. So have a quiet time. If you're still not sure how to do it, find a godly person nearby and just ask them and they'll tell you how to do it. Maybe in the past you thought, don't really need a quiet time. Just kind of think about God here and there throughout the day and don't really have time to set aside 10, 15 minutes to get in depth. Well, maybe you thought that way in the past, but may God help us now to think this way.